Then for years, there's no other planet I'd rather be on than planet Earth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm going to look this morning at, uh, <clears throat> as, well, let me say this. As a church, I think we're going through a period of adjustment, change, right? And if we look back over the last year, we see that uh, there's a lot of things that have happened that um, have been a challenge, let's leave it at that. So where do we go from here and and what do we do as a body of believers? And one of the things that I <coughs> thought would be a good idea is if we could work from what I call a foundation. What, what do we believe? And, and, and do we believe it enough that it affects our life? Simple analogy. <coughs> if um, you've got the highway out here, right? You drive down, when you get to the highway here, go down about a mile or so, there's an... 80 mile an hour speed limit, right? Anybody here ever find yourself saying, I wonder what, what it would be like to be hit by a truck? What would it feel like? Anybody here? You didn't? How come? Why? You, you didn't? You wouldn't like to jump out in front of a tractor trailer pulling 80,000 pounds of weight and say, gee, I'd like to see what that feels like if it hits me. <laughs> there are people that do that. There's no question about that. But anybody in their right mind with a reasonable normal amount of human sense would even, wouldn't even think about doing that. But why wouldn't you do that? <clears throat> because you have an underlying knowledge that if I was to step out in, that, in front of that truck, I wouldn't want to feel the consequences. But, but it's because of what you know, right, <clears throat> that you wouldn't do that. And what I'm trying to uh, kind of help us to understand this morning is that as Christians, anybody here ever been frustrated in your Christian life? Yeah. I'm in the right church. Speak up. I can't hear you. Yeah. Oh, there's a couple. A couple honest people. <laughs> you ever been felt like just packing in and saying, you know, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being, uh, trying to serve the Lord and I get around Christian people and, you know, some of them I love and they're sweet and other ones of them like, mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm the only one that feels that way, right? <laughs> you ever have times when somebody, you're trying to witness or talk to somebody and you're saying, you know, here's, here's Jesus, you need to accept Jesus and they come up with some of the most unusual excuses and there's times you stand there saying, I don't know what to say. Ever find, ever find yourself starting to question what you believe because of that? <coughs> I'm going to try to use a, 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 I'm going to pick from 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 17 to 21, brother. I'm going to try to use an, 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 an analogy this morning that would help us to, to um, grip what we believe. If you've been here and you've been in the church for any length of time, you're not going to hear something you haven't already heard. <laughs> I wish I could say I got something new, I got something, you know, some great revelation, but I don't. I just have simple truth to bring. Isaiah, I know 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. And it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Next. 
All this is from God who, recon who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. <clears throat> Go ahead. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Wherefore, we are Christ ambassadors. As the, did I say first or second? Second, good. I want to make sure I get the right verse. <laughs> we are therefore Christ ambassadors as though God were making his uh, appeal through us. We implore on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin for us so that in him we might be called the righteousness of God. Now I want you to leave that up there, okay? This is what I call illustrated sermon. Anybody here like coffee in the morning? I do too. I enjoy coffee. and Sometimes I make my own. and Sometimes my wife makes coffee for me. And, some t and I find when you go to make coffee, right, it's as simple as taking water, right? And you put water, you put the coffee in water, right? Forget the spoon here. Have you ever started drinking coffee or you got it down there and all of a sudden you think, you know, I don't really think I want this coffee. I changed my mind. Ever have that happen? What do you do? You say, well, if I could just separate the two again. Let me put the, I, I can't take the water out of the coffee once it's in there, can I? You ever try to do that? You say, you know, I don't want this cup of coffee. What I'm going to do instead is I'm just going to get the water out and I'm going to separate the coffee and then get out. I can use it again tomorrow. <laughs> You're laughing, but I mean, anybody ever try this? <laughs> I've got one over here. All right. God bless you, good heart, sister. But what happens when this coffee, when this water gets involved in this coffee, do we cough it? Do we cough? Have you ever said... <clears throat> Oh, I'll talk to my wife. I said, there, can I have some coffee and water, please? Anybody, anybody here ever do that to your husband or the wife? Oh, can you pour me a cup of water and coffee? Huh? What, what do you call it? When you put water and coffee together, what does it become? Huh? Coffee, right? Right? It becomes coffee. What happens? The water becomes one in the coffee. The coffee becomes one in the water. And all of a sudden, they're, they're now one. Ooh. You get that? And, and when they're one, you can't separate them. When they're one, somehow there's a, a coming together such a way that you can't say, well, you know, the water is still water and the coffee is still coffee. It's not. It's altogether one. 
And, and here when we see this, what, what, what uh, God is saying in 21, or what the Corinthians are saying, God made him who knew no sin to be sin, okay? For, uh, to, to be sin for us. Jesus, take, okay, another, another one I want to use is this one here. We have, we have milk, right? Now, now what, what, this is what we're, we're going to call this purity and rightness, just for the, for the sake of conversation. So we have coffee here, right? And we have milk here. And we're going to take this milk and pour it into this coffee. Ooh, change color. But, but what do we call it? Do we call this coffee and milk and water? We call it what? Coffee. And why do we call it coffee? Because it's all one. You can't separate them. You can't, you can't sit there, like I said earlier, with, with, the, with the mixture of the uh, uh, water and, and coffee. You can't, how do you do that? There's no, you know, probably there's somebody somewhere who's figured out a way to do that. But for the most of us, the average person, you wouldn't try to separate the three. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of our relationship with God. We become one. He, Jesus, and it's, it's hard to process. All, I think all, most of us have, all, all have, have seen the various movies portraying the death of Christ, the gore and, and the pain and the misery and the suffering. You know, <clears throat> crucifixion, this is my opinion, of course, is probably one of the most hideous, barbaric, vile, disgusting forms of torture that you could ever put on a human being. And God, in his love, sent his son so that Gary Giles could be set free from his sin. But the only way Gary Giles could be set free from his sin was because Jesus had to go to the cross. He had to suffer. His blood had to be shed in order for me to be made righteous. Now, folks, you probably believe it. Most of you wouldn't look at me and say, this guy's righteous, yeah, right. <laughs> I'd agree with you, you know. Sometimes I say things, do things. But it isn't just me. It's us. It's the, the, the world. God so loved the world. He loved you and he loved me. God made him who knew no sin. I mean, how do you process that? How do you understand that there was a man who lived who knew no sin? But Jesus Christ knew no sin so that you and me could be made right. God made him who knew no sin to be what? To be sin for us. There's that exchange. Right? I go back to the coffee thing, okay? That Jesus literally took on my sin, so he became identified, he became a part of my sin. So that in exchange, I could be the righteousness. Message, the message translation says this. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so that we could be made right with God. 
Simple. You know, wrong to be made right. And to me, that's why Jesus Christ has to be the foundation of what we believe. He has to be the, the, the uh, yeah, f- foundation. When we, as church people, as Christians, go into life and living into the world, okay, if we don't have that understanding, then's when we can to run into doubts and problems. Remember I was talking about if you walk down, you know, if you used to go down a little ways where there's a highway, six, 80 kilometers, and a big truck come down there. Why? You don't jump in front of that truck because you know something. You have a confidence Right? That if you step out in front of that truck, you're going to have some... Re- you think you've got problems now. <laughs> you're going to have some real problems. As it is with Christianity, we have to have that understanding, that faith that Jesus Christ is here. It's the way or else we start to, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I you know, i frustrated and well... You know, I find some excuse. I can always come up with some excuse not to do what's right. Everybody here that's here this morning, you showed up at church for a reason, right? Because you feel it's the thing you should be doing. It's the right thing to do. And, and, and I'm sure that most, well, I, I'll speak for myself. When I woke up this morning, I just said, you know, I got to go. Yeah, I got to go to church this morning. I could get up, get dressed. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I feel that way. <laughs> And sometimes, you know, you just say, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to get dressed. I knew I had to preach this morning, so I thought, I better show up. You know? <laughs> so I think that's good. That's all good, right? You know? But the point of it is that there's times when you get discouraged. You get frustrated. You start to ask questions. But if you don't have that foundation, foundational belief, then you can start to get here and get there and you know, right becomes wrong, and wrong becomes right, and north becomes south. And all of a sudden, there is no right or wrong. But when you have that hope, you have that foundational belief that Jesus Christ is the way. Jesus Christ is the hope. That there's nothing else or nobody else. You know, excuse me, no other human being ever died for me. And even if they did die, they couldn't, it wouldn't help me none. You know, I was uh, studying, to do a little bit of digging this, this week, and I found that, say, the Hindu faith, for example, I say there, uh, there's some 330 million different deities and gods that these people will honor and worship, etc. And I said, well, you know, whatever. If it's working for you, that's great. But I found for me, I want to put my faith and my trust in something that, that works something that's going to get me to the... I want, I want to get to the Father. But the only Father... But the only way, Jesus said, if, if, you, you know, if you're going to do this thing right, you trust in me or you trust in something other than me and good luck. Right? So what I'm trying to, to get across this morning isn't anything new or revelatory or whatever, but it's simple truth that I believe as a church, as we're moving into 2024... We have the foundational belief that he is it and he only. He came so that we could have life and we could have eternal. Isn't that beautiful? I got hope today because of what he did. 
I got hope today because He came. He cared enough for me. He cared enough for you that He gave His life so that you could have a relation. You can now go to the Father in the name of the Son and you can ask whatever you will. You know, that's a pretty loaded statement. You ever think about that? Jesus said, you know, you abide in me, my words, and you can ask whatever you want and it will be done. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's pretty. I mean, how many other whatever religions, gods, can you, can you, where you can go and expect to get, if you pray, believe? I, I don't know, but I, I know I can do it with Christianity. In Hebrews 1 8, 2, I just want to touch on that. Can you go to t- Hebrews 1 8? Is our per- person here? And in Hebrews 1 8, it says concerning the, 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 the Son. Now this, this is what's interesting about this particular scripture. This is the Father speaking. If you study the, the context, the Father is now speaking. Father God Almighty is speaking. And, and here's what he says. And they get up. <laughs> concerning the fa- Son. This is the Father. And, and I want you to get this because you know, if we believe it to be the Word of God and we believe it to be true, like, wow. He says here, which, uh, um, con- but the Father said concerning the Son, you, O God. Here, I mean, should we, how, how can I put this? Could we get it, you ever heard of what they call getting it from the horse's mouth or getting it from, from, from the, uh, you know, from the source Here's Father God Almighty, maker of the heaven and earth, creator, God. And this is what he says. What about the Son? Who's the Son there? Hey, see, I, I can't hear you. There you go. He says, but the, to, about the Son, he says, your throne, O God. Wow. Who's he talking about there? I said, who is he talking about? Who's the Father talking about there? Let me ask you this question. Would you put your faith and trust in anything or anybody else after reading that? Your throne, O oh God, and it says this, will last how long? There we go. I like a little input here. For uh, how, how long is that? Quite a while, eh? <laughs> but your throne will last forever and ever. And righteousness will be the scepter or the, the, of your kingdom. A scepter was like a, an authority kind of thing that they used to carry around, you know, the king's scepter. And he says, that will be the scepter of your kingdom. Your throne, O oh God. So when I put my trust in Jesus Christ, can I ask you this question? Who am I putting my trust in? God. Wow. So... The next time you're discouraged, are you frustrated? Can I get them? Go ahead. The next time you're discouraged, are you frustrated? I encourage you to go back to this and know who you believe. And when, when you get discouraged, how many here have ever had prayed and you didn't get an answer? Oh, there. I'm in the right crowd. <coughs> what did you do? Huh? 
Everybody probably did something a little different, but did you say, well, forget it. Uh, I, you know, forget that stuff. I tried it. It didn't work. No, you stuck with it. Why? Because of this right here. Because you knew that in the middle of whatever was going on, he was still king. He's still Lord. And my, I'm, I'm here. I'm in him. And he's in me. Right? At least that look a little dirty, right? Huh? Does this look dirty to you? You know why it looks dirty? Because that's what our sin does to purity and righteousness. He was pure. He was holy. And he was righteous. Became sin for me. Wow. Is my sin that bad? <laughs> it's worse than that. So much so that when sin took place, I was born a sinner. I hate to admit that, but it's true. We all, for all have sinned, right? So we understand that basic truth. We are sinners and we're saved because of what Jesus Christ did for us. And he made us what? Righteous. Ooh. That's a big word. So when Gary Giles goes back to his house or when Gary Giles goes to Walmart or wherever, who's going there? The righteousness of God. Just like you folks. I mean, I'm using me as an example. Okay? <laughs> but you can put your name in there. If da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, whoever is going to wherever you're going, the righteousness of God is going there. We are made. And you say, well, I don't feel very righteous. I don't feel very holy. I, I've did some things in my lifetime that aren't very uh, pleasing to God. Well, you know what you can do? You can repent. <laughs> and you say, Lord, forgive me. And get back on the horse, as if it were, get back in the race and keep going. What's the alternative? Eh? But to keep moving, to keep pressing, to keep moving forward. Because that's what we're called to do. As, uh, as the, hopefully as the weeks progress on, we're going to begin to kind of unfold a bit of what our, hope, uh, what our goals here, what our passion is, what the direction we want to go. But I'm trying this morning just to do the, what I call the basics so that we understand and we know from where we're basing what we believe on. Where, we, where we're going is based upon what we know. Just back to the truck and step, run out in front of the truck again. Most of us want to stay alive. I do, right? So I want to stay alive and healthy so I know, I know, right, that for me to step out in front of that truck, I'm really asking for trouble because it's a knowing. And I'm trying to get us this morning to get to a place where we know what we believe. We know who we are. Right? And if we have that down, then we can move forward with confidence and with hope that, that, that we can be used of God to touch lives. But if I'm going and I'm thinking, oh, I'm not sure. Well, if I'm going and I'm thinking, well, maybe. Well, I, I just don't feel good about who I am. da 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 we're not going to probably have much in the way of influence. But as we go, when we go, where we go, we go with confidence. 
I was in Vietnam a couple of years ago. And I remember being there. And I went there to, with a buddy of mine who was a boat guy to begin with. And then we um, were there doing, trying to do some ministry. So I met this guy who was from, uh, uh, from uh, outside of the country. Got to talk, and then I'm told him why I'm over here trying to reach people. And he says, what are you doing that for? Why don't you leave these people alone? You know, what are you trying to bring your religion over here for? You know, they got what they believe. Just, just don't bother with them. I didn't really know what to say to the guy. <laughs> Sounds weird to say. It's like, oh, well, you know, I guess now I'd say, well, excuse me, sir, who are you? You know, uh, I know what I believe, and I'm endeavoring to, to share what I believe with whoever will listen. But my point is, if I'd have listened to that guy, I'd have started the question saying, well, you know, maybe he's right. Well, you know, do I, do I really believe that this Jesus is the only way? Do I really believe that maybe he can touch and transform lives? Or well, maybe, maybe I would have just, you know, put a lid on it and kind of lay back. But I walked away from the guy saying, dude, I feel sorry for you, man. If that's the attitude that you got, if you claim to be whatever, that's too bad. I am persuaded. I firmly believe that Jesus Christ is the only hope for mankind. Whether it's Vietnam, whether it's uh, Chatham, Ontario, where I come from, whether it's here at the junction, Jesus Christ is it. And where do we go from here? What do we do? Well, like I said, we're moving along, trying to make some plans as a pastoral, search, as a pastoral uh, committee. What do you call it? Leadership, leadership committee. <laughs> Whatever you do, folks, don't get old. Okay? <laughs> Sometimes you get embarrassed with what you get. I think it's something. But I hope you get something out of this message this morning. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open it up for a few minutes. And we're going to say, hey, what? Give me some input. What do you feel? Do you think? Do you agree? Maybe you disagree. I don't know. Go ahead, sister. Well, just just before you say something, brother, I'm going to invite the uh, prayer team or the music team, the prayer team, to come up while we're doing this, and then we can just. So go ahead, brother. Yeah, I just <clears throat> wanted to say something. Um, I was at Bible study, men's Bible study on Friday, and um, there was a guy there um, who woke up. He he shared his little story. Woke up at four o'clock in the morning. God woke him up, and he couldn't go back to sleep. He knew he had to go to the Bible, 
pull out his Bible, pull out a pen, and create a sermon. He created a sermon. And this is the interesting part. Who was the sermon for? It was for himself. That really hit me. It was a sermon that he created for himself, and he preached to himself. Uh, I thought that was really awesome. And so what Gary was saying here, in order to know who Jesus is, sometimes we have to preach to ourselves. There's a saying in Russian that says, the first fight is with yourself. How about, and I'll speak to myself, how about I evangelize myself before I evangelize somebody else? How about I know who he is, who I am in him, before I tell somebody else? How about I know that he works in my life? How about I know that I get healed? You know, my healing, uh, that I know that he has healed me. How, how, how about I know that his word has healed me? How about I know his word has blessed me? How about I know that his word has changed me? How about I get changed first? I'm not saying don't go and, you know, until that happened. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying in order to know who Jesus is inside of who you are, maybe we can, you know, say a sermon to ourselves uh, to, 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 to have our life actually change. So that's, that's basically what I'm saying. There's a verse, I believe it's somewhere in Psalms, that goes, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded Glory. Hallelujah. that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to touch, uh, uh, oh, go ahead, anybody else? I want to touch, oh, they gone. can you put that back up there, brother, real quick? One thought I want to just leave with you uh, as we're finishing up here. But about the son, again, keep in mind, this is the father speaking about the son. But about the son, he says, your throne. Where does he sit now, folks? In the throne. But you know that there are angels that are worshiping him now, and that's all they do is worship. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of angels. Uh, in some cases, they're bowing down before him right now. In Isaiah 6, he says, I saw the Lord high and lifted. And the angels were crying, holy, holy, holy. You think they'd get bored after a while, wouldn't you? But I think that there's such a reverence. There's such an awe that they're all just bowing down saying, what else do I say? How else can, I, what other attitude can I have but to honor and respect the one who ever lives, he who is holy, thy throne, woo, glory to God, will last forever. Folks, one of these days we're going to leave this body of clay. I've told, told this story before, but uh, real quick. Uh, my son, 
34 years old, was killed in a car accident. And wow, that was a tough one. But what carried me through with two things, number one thing was the Church of Jesus Christ, the body, people who cared and loved me. Some of them didn't even say anything, <laughs> but I felt the love. But I had that, the other thing that kept me going was the hope that one day I'll see him. He laid that body of clay. I, I can remember when I saw his body laying there for the last time. And I just said, you know, I, I've been a, around the church, I've been a ministering for years, and still when it, when it hits you that heavy, it's like, whew. But I, I have hope. Hope that I will one day see him and be with him. And you know something? I'm going to have a better relationship with him when I see him than I had with him when he's on the earth. We didn't always get along. <laughs> we didn't always see eye to eye, but when, we get, when I get to heaven, I believe, I'll have a pure mind, a pure body, and so will he, and we will be able to be one. You hear anybody here? Don't put up your hand. Lost anybody in the last year or so, in the last while? I encourage you to be encouraged. You will see that person. Not only that, but be encouraged that when these bodies get so they can't do what they used to do, huh? start having aches and pains. I said to people, I've had aches and pains in places. I didn't even know I had places. <laughs> but I have that hope that one day I will be with him and I will see him upon his throne high and lifted up. 